Yes, You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Part one, <laughs> the beginning. <laughs> this is a six-part podcast. It's going to be over four hours. Everyone, buckle up. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, what should happen is that this should be a very brief episode we build up enough interest that we hash do a hashtag release the extended cut and then we release the four-hour version what actually happens is we i am in charge of the podcast then i have to leave the podcast you You come in make a bad version of it and everyone's (laughs) like uh this was terrible get rid of shelby bring back no one would believe matt And and give us the extended cut yeah, of the yeah, film. Yeah. Release yeah. the mat cut. Yes. Um. Yeah. No. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about this. Not because they have any attachment to the DC uh, extended universe, the DCEU, if you will. Um. And not even because I have strong feelings about Justice League itself and either of its iterations. But I do feel like this is a moment. This is a really big moment, especially if you're one of the trolls or fanboys who who made this happen arguably you know we we saw a force turn back the clock and and force a extended cut out of nowhere just like really bullied people into it and for better or worse honestly that's what we're here to discuss i feel like the entire dceu is much more interesting in like a media artifact behind the scenes sort of way mm-hmm. than the actual quality or plot of any of these movies. <laughs> like all of the behind the scenes stuff is so fascinating to me. All of the choices that they make are terrible and then they have to <laughs> try to revamp them. They have to try to save things. It's just wild how this is continuing to go on at this point. Yeah. Uh, this is the I mean the Man of Steel which was the first DCEU uh Superman movie came out in 2013 and I feel like since that movie which was a success it's just continued to be a disaster over and over and over again yeah. and it's fascinating to me all of the strange iterations and behind the scene things <laughs> that are taking place well and you're arguably a big fan for director's cuts those are the ones you've watched and enjoyed yeah, so I actually, let me think about this. Well, so up until Shazam, Birds of Prey, and then the new Wonder Woman movie, I hadn't seen any of the DC movies <laughs> in theaters because I was like, why would I? These all sound terrible. But I have had to watch various of them for different reasons. And so, which I think I've talked about on the podcast before, mm-hmm. I accidentally watched the both the... well both the long versions of the Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, (laughs) not realizing that they were the long versions. So I went into watching both of them thinking like, wow, these movies are going to suck, but I guess I got to watch them. (laughs) And was like, oh, I sort of enjoyed these. These were like not terrible. And then found out that I had watched the DVD release versions of them. Because for both of those movies, they came out in theaters. They did fairly poorly with critics and then when they released the dvd version or blu-ray they released extended cuts so i think batman v superman adds an extra half hour and suicide squad is like an extra 20 minutes to the film and if you look back at the reviews of both of those original movies critics are sort of like these plots don't make sense it feels like really jumbled and hard to understand and then when you add that extra time in like the plot at least makes sense even if the movie is longer and so yeah so i liked those more um i i liked suicide squad i think more than i liked batman v superman but (laughs) yes i have watched now this is my third of these extended cuts that i've seen and actually i think i've seen i've seen all of these movies now except for aquaman which feels you Not saw Man important. of Steel? Yes, I oh, did. Wow. Good for I you. saw that a long time ago, so I don't really remember it very yeah, well. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I absolutely hated Justice League when it came out. I don't know why I went and saw it. I imagine it must have been like peak movie pass era. Um, I think so you I was saw it because anything. of Wonder Woman. 
I mean, I'm sure I, that Wonder was Woman came draw. out in like June 2017. Yeah, yeah. And I, and Justice League Love came Wonder out November Woman. 2017. So I feel like you were on a Wonder Woman high and were I like, that's why her. I'm going to go see Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. I walked out of it so annoyed and frustrated because of the Wonder Woman of it all. You know, Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins version, the the amazonians while very gorgeous and obviously you know they're wearing heels still they have like (laughs) boobs i don't know it's still like they're warriors and then the then you go to the justice league as it came out originally joss whedon's version the theatrical release and there were so many shots up wonder woman's skirt it just oh irritated me too so much all the Amazonians, whenever you got those flashbacks, were like in these sexy bikinis while fighting. And I was just like, what's happening? And then on top of that, there was a love interest storyline between Batman and Wonder Woman oh, that just really? rankled me. Yeah. And I was just like, Bleh! hate this. <laughs> this is gross. And then on top of that, it was just a messy, clunky movie that was trying so hard to be a Marvel Um flavor because Joss Whedon obviously he came from the Marvel universe and they wanted someone to drum it up to be a little bit more lighthearted than the Snyder's most recent film Batman v Superman which was very dark very you know shades of gray and so they were trying to make it more fun and it just was this mess and no one responded well to it I think it ended up getting like 40 percent on Rotten Tomatoes it barely made back its money especially when compared to marvel's next big um movie the infinity wars the first of its finale which made like billions in the box office whereas this only eked out like 600 Mm -hmm. million well if you if you go back to sort of like the beginning of all of this saga so Zack snyder was the sort of the force behind the dceu and he's the director of man of steel which was arguably a success and relaunched the mm-hmm. Superman franchise with Henry Cavill and Amy Adams, who I think are the two best people in this entire franchise. Like, even in watching this Justice League, yeah. it's like the scenes with them, you're like, okay, this is what actually good acting and, like, star power is doing. And then the rest of these people They're are very a little bit well more cast, riff-raffy. Yeah. yeah. So, so Batman v Superman comes out in theaters, like we said, in this shortened version that the studio was like, your version is too long, Zack Snyder. You got to chop it down by a half hour. It got terrible reviews. So mm. while they're in the process of making Justice League, they're filming it. The studio is saying, we have to make changes to your script. We have to make changes to this film because what you envision is too similar to Batman v Superman, the shortened version, you know, and we don't think people are going to like it. Marvel is doing really well. So we have to, go with something that's more in that direction. Meanwhile, also in the, I think after the filming is done, but in the post-production and there's loads of post-production because like 75% of this film is CG. uh, Zack Snyder's daughter passes away. And so both Zack Snyder and his wife who are working on the project step away from the project and they bring in Joss Whedon who had directed Avengers and I think was a producer on this even before that or like worked on the script maybe um, to come in and finish the directing and he basically overhauled the entire film cut 90 minutes off of off of the Zack Snyder version and came up with the original theatrical release which was much shorter uh, according to like sources online because I didn't see the original like much more kind of like jokey and supposedly lighthearted not mm-hmm. as dark and Zack Snyder uh, um, Christopher Nolan I think was also somehow involved in this like as a producer mm-hmm. or something and he hated it so much and he and he sent an email to Zack Snyder that was like you are going to hate this never watch this version yeah. of this movie <laughs> like it's an abomination actually it was it was Zack Snyder's wife, who's also a producer. She watched it with Christopher Nolan, and she said oh, okay. she was just bawling by the end. And then they Ugh. both were like, you can never watch this, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is sad. It's sad for everyone involved. And obviously, Snyder has cared a lot about the DCEU. He's had his hand in it. He really had a vision for what he wanted. And it was going to be something darker, more brooding, and like shadowed, like Batman v Superman. Um which seems like a 
arguably a good idea to set yourself apart from Marvel, even if it's attracting a different crowd than Marvel. Um, so it's unfortunate that there was this sort of studio pushback that didn't end up paying off anyways. Yeah. So anyways, the movie comes out and <laughs> doesn't do well. And I think almost immediately people are suspect and are like, well, this feels like two separate movies combined into one. The tone is not unified at all. So clearly something happened in between the Snyder version of the film and the Joss Whedon version of the film. Yeah. Um, and and so they people started trying to figure out if there was a Snyder cut, what was in the Snyder cut, and then they wanted the Snyder cut released. Yeah. So... But they kind of went crazy. Well, and it didn't help that not even the stars of the movie liked the final product or Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon had a bunch of accusations about harassment and abuse on set Mm -hmm. uh, with this film in particular. And it led to all these stars being like, while they went and they did the promotions and they, you know, said their lines and whatever. By the end of it, once there was this growing interest for the Snyder Cut, they were all pushing for it, too, to the point where right before the announcement with HBO, which obviously we know that they knew it was coming and it was meant to drum up final interest for the big announcement. They were all doing the hashtag release the Snyder Cut as well. And since they've been unmuzzled or whatever, all of them have been like, yeah, Joss Whedon was a, it was a mess of reshoots and it was just, there were cut characters that were left on the cutting room floor and everyone was just disappointed by it. Yeah. There were whole plot lines that were taken out. This is also when the famous Henry Cavill's mustache controversy (laughs) happened where he was in the middle of shooting Mission Impossible 6 And where his character has a mustache, Joss Whedon wanted to do reshoots, but Superman doesn't have a mustache. So there was an offer that they could pay or Mission Impossible was like, well, if you pay us three million dollars, we'll let you shave Henry Cavill's mustache and then we'll put the mustache (laughs) in and post. But Joss Whedon was like, no, we'll just take the mustache out and post. So they filmed all of the scenes with Henry Cavill, who had a mustache and then digitally removed it. But it looked really terrible. And it was a whole thing online about that. Just so much weird stuff around this. (laughs) And then these fans who became more and more obsessed with the Snyder Cut were like picketing the HBO offices and emailing people, filling out petitions, like doing whole rallies at Comic-Con, all kinds of crazy stuff. And eventually it came out that there was a Snyder Cut, that he had made a cut of the movie that just had not come out. And so once people realized that that existed... Then they became even more rabid until we got to the point last year where they were Warner Brothers slash HBO announced that there would be a Snyder Cut coming out that would cost an extra $70 million um, <laughs> to make in like reshoots and uh, well, not you know, extra post-production things. Oh, I guess there was some extra footage shot, but I think most of it was already filmed. Right. Yeah. But most of it was like, yeah, post-production kind yeah. of like cg and things um yeah one of my favorite little things i read was Zack snyder was talking about how he did have a rough version of his cut like without any of the you know production behind it and he's like yeah so i would just show like friends and stuff and i was like after watching this i was like oh my gosh like can you imagine you go to your friend's house and they're like oh i'm sorry about that movie project what a bummer and he's like sit down (laughs) i'm taking you on a four and a half hour journey and i'm just like you know i guess it'd be a magical moment in a way that you get to see this secret thing but also like you got to be really good friends to like suffer through that you know (laughs) I feel like that's just something that you have to do in Hollywood is like <laughs> yeah. endure other people's terrible movies. You're because just like, wow. <laughs> maybe I've talked about this on the podcast already. I can't remember. But I was listening to a an interview with Tom Holland for his new movie, Cherry, which came <laughs> out, which, yeah. which I think did very poorly. And yeah. in it, he was talking about how him and... Zendaya are now shooting the new Spider-Man movie and that Zendaya in the middle of these shoots 
hosted a viewing of her new movie, <laughs> Malcolm and Marie, which came out on, was that a Netflix movie? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. And and I was like, oh my gosh, that was honestly one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And Tom Holland <laughs> was like, oh my gosh, a masterpiece, like one of the best movies I've ever seen. So great. <laughs> fantastic. And I was like, yeah, how awkward would it be if your friends if your friend was like, come over and watch this movie that I am in with me, like you have to pretend the whole time you like it, you know? Yeah. And then obviously, if someone asks you about it, you can't be like, oh, yeah, that movie sucked because your friend is in it and they're going to hear about it if you say that. So basically, I think if you're in the movie business, you just can't l- dislike any movie ever. You always have to like everything because you never know which one of your friends have worked on it, which yeah. then I came to the realization that I'm doing the same thing with my book that's coming out. So basically, <laughs> you know, all my friends are going to have to be like, this is great, Matthew. Yeah. And they're like, this sucked, but I can't at say that. Not, at least it's not a four hour movie with like seven parts and, you know, a lot of inline jokes to the DC, you know, it, it, it's more I manageable. Guess. Yeah, <laughs> you're not asking that. And there's much. pretty pictures, you know, like yeah. you can just flip through and be like, wow, it looks great. I didn't read yeah. a single word. But on the flip side of this, like, movement to support Snyder, and Snyder himself has been, like, you know, really honored that fans rallied behind him, that they believed in him when his own studio didn't, and that he's been able to, like, work on this project as sort of a, you know, honoring his daughter's memory, who was a big, as he put it, nerd like him, and that he found real value in this project. Unfortunately, this movement has also been described by different people as very toxic, especially towards members of the media who dared to express different opinions about the Snyder Cut either existing or either being worth it. And there was a lot of vitriol aimed at anyone who was against their dream of this release. And so I think that's an interesting part of this, looking at the at the power this movement ended up having is that they, they use that for some pretty, pretty evil um, choices too. So it was, there was a lot of, yeah, her online harassment, print calls, doxing, like these, there were some people in that movement that weren't up to no good. Well, and also I think that the fact that this group of fans was able to rally and actually get this new film released with a $70 million budget that is four hours long does really empower fans to be like, hey, if there's something we don't like in one of these films or television shows, if there's enough of us and we're loud enough, we can get things changed, which I think has caused issues in the Star Wars universe um, with, with things involving like The Last Jedi and... Ryan Johnson and in the Marvel universe and just basically it empowers people to think like, okay, well, if there's something I don't like in a movie or a TV show, like I have some ownership of that. I can change it yeah. when I don't know if that's the best thing in the world of kind of like art and making these movies is to have is to really have to sort of cater to fans in a way beyond just the usual, like, are people going to go see this or not? Are people going to spend money on this? So it's a weird predicament. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, people's power, the power has gone to their heads and who knows what this will lead to later. Um, Especially now because this movie has been released, but it's like, you know, this isn't, what the next justice league is going to be snyder isn't going to be involved in any of the others so are they going to continue to be like oh this would have been better if you'd never done this to snyder like this is all you know (laughs) your fault the production studio the studio heads like i just feel like there's you know what's the end where will this all end is is the question well are they satiated now i don't know (laughs) it is interesting to think about sort of the future of the dceu because now they've had multiple of these movies that didn't do well in theater and then extended versions came out that did better you have most of the actors in justice league i think aren't or at least some of them are like not coming back or don't have plans to come back for more 
DC movies. There's not another Justice League slated, at least at the moment. There's some like other spinoff. There's like a second Aquaman movie, another Wonder Woman movie. But it is sort of like, okay, where exactly is this going? Because this movie sets up a lot of different plot lines (laughs) that presumably at one point were supposed to come. I mean, in the initial uh, brainstorming of this film, Zack Snyder wanted it to be two separate films or it was like sort of going to be one film and then they realized the plotting was too long so they decided that they were going to make it two sort of like an uh, Infinity War Endgame Mm -hmm. situation. So there's a lot of loose threads here uh, which it'll be interesting to see like okay DC obviously spent a lot of money on this. Does that mean that and this has been I think fairly successful up till now at least with the critics who liked it a lot more than the original like does this mean that we're going to get another Justice League that they're going to bring Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill <laughs> and Amy Adams back for another film or are those people sort of like yeah no I'm good like I, I think Snyder has said that he isn't that at this point they've not made any attempt to negotiate a future with him at DC and so well, his... I think they were waiting to see how this did. Mm, you know? I see. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it'd be hard to correct the the trajectory now because you do have kind of Aquaman Wonder Woman being planned, but and now you have the Flash movie which will tie into this new Batman being played by Michael Keaton. So it's all kind of like messy at this point, And it does sort of feel like this is a final bow on Zack Snyder's um, entry in the DC universe. But never say never. But it also at the same time feels like, well, they spent a lot of money on this. And if this does like if people like this and they like sort of this story, and I think there is a group of people who do, then you know, how far into production are some of those other movies are, is it something that they can sort of like tweak and edit or whatnot and make, um, and somehow make it work so that you can bring back another, or, you know, sort of fit it in. Because the thing is the justice league movies that have, that have come out since the justice league largely have nothing to do with this plot line. So I don't think it would be that difficult to, right with the current films now the future films that are in the works i don't know exactly but like you know yeah so i mean looking at the snyder cut um it currently has 73 percent on rotten tomatoes um most reviews are are leaning towards positive with an average of like seven out of ten and you read these reviews and (laughs) i don't know i i feel like it's hard because it's it's being compared to the original the the theatrical release and when the theatrical release was so bad and so widely panned it automatically gets like an improvement grade right like it's like a for effort and does that mean that this was standalone a great film i don't think so i've read reviews that feel like this wasn't necessarily great except that it was an improvement to the first and so Well, tell me about your sort of like experience watching the first, watching this. Did you like it? Like what? Like give me your thoughts on in that way. Yeah. So my journey, um, as soon as this played, okay, I have issues with male ego. You know this. It's been a through line Mm -hmm. in this podcast. So it's come up once or twice. So like, you know, I knew this was going to be long and I know that that's how director's cuts work but it's almost like you could have made a theatrical release to prove your point but this is whatever you gave yourself more wiggle room congrats to you on top of that he decided that his version of the film had to be shot in a different what is it ratio or whatever oh yeah it's it's like a like a square almost yeah it's a square because art matters i don't know congrats to him it's also shot in like the very dark brooding um gray scale almost uh reminiscent of batman v superman very different than the original which admittedly was a little too candy sugar like coated it was very like the coloring of the theatrical Whedon edition was more like Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. in these unrealistic pops. And this was much more like, oh, I'm serious. Take me seriously. But 
immediately I was reminded how little I cared about Justice League because I could not for the life of me remember what happened in the first one. And I was trying to like differentiate and like remember, like figure out what was different so I could compare the two and wondered what was added, what wasn't. And all I could come up with at first was that, oh, Zack Snyder just like slow-mo. Like that was all. Yes, there was (laughs) so much slow-mo. So much slow-mo. And um, it was a very different opening. That much I remembered. And I think that kind of spoke to my frustrations with this film overall is that it took two hours for most of the characters to finally interact. And the first two hours, which is a average movie runtime was just set up for each character which I know was Snyder's problem with the idea of the Whedon cut was that everything was rushed there wasn't enough characterization for Cyborg the Flash it didn't make sense like the villain the 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 universe around that didn't make sense so this opens with like Superman dying and his his death scream just like wakes up these boxes which I'm fine for you having characterization, but when you drag it out with slow-mo, these extended long cuts of scenes that don't actually add anything except that you get like a, oh, wow, look, Batman is walking over a frozen tundra and then staring over an Icelandic town. And and now we're looking at the the cappuccino art of someone oh it's Lois Lane oh she's walking slow-mo in the rain the rain is falling it's in slow motion isn't it powerful it just becomes too much and I just get aggravated by this like favoring of the art over the story in some way and it just feels so self-indulgent to me one of the words that I kept seeing in reviews is that how sincere it was. It's like <laughs> it's like Zack Snyder is so earnest and everything yeah. all of these <laughs> scenes feel very like like they're very important to him. There's no tongue in cheek, there's no like goofiness. Yeah. Like it's not like these slow motion sequences they just feel like like that the director is like yes like this is a very important moment that like i care a lot about and you should yeah. care a lot about it like it felt kind of pretentious but it didn't feel pretentious in the way of like let me show you how good at directing i am it felt mm. more pretentious in a way like like don't these characters like matter like isn't that yeah. like don't i have something important to say like don't you really feel a lot there's a lot of like voiceover and kind of stuff yeah. at various points too and and a lot of very like moralistic language that's used and these broad sentiments that are very high minded and it just feels like Zack Snyder is someone who's maybe not like doesn't really have a sense of humor and sort of is just <laughs> like taking all of this very earnestly like this is goodness against evil and like yeah. I have to show that to you which yeah. I don't know was a strange situation did you watch it all at once oh my gosh I really thought we got a big chunk out of it and I was like yeah let's just pause I've got to go to bed and we were two hours in and then I was like the next day I was like okay we have to be close to the end and there was 40 minutes left and I was like oh my gosh that was what was frustrating to me is I probably would have walked away respecting this a lot more if it hadn't felt like there was so much superfluous scenes still and it's like I think he could have made a strong argument for how the movie could have been done if he'd been in charge with a little oversight still. Because clearly, like, letting him run wild was just too much. Like, it was just every character had a big scene from Wonder Woman, like, taking out these bank robbers in a bloody battle to... Mm Uh, Aquaman being introduced twice almost one when he's talking to Batman and then again when he he saves someone in an ocean and then goes back into the ocean and it's just there is too much happening the flash shows up and everything moves in slow motion which was just like (gasps) he's supposed to be fast (laughs) like I can't do this just like everything is slow motion anytime he showed up it was just him running in slow-mo and poking something like that was his that was his power is just he'd just reach out a single finger and touch like boop that was that was his contribution 
and then like the cyborg like he was supposed to be the snyder said that he wanted cyborg to have like the emotional heart of this film and he does a good job of that he has a you know daddy issues congrats but there's like this extended football scene in the slow motion rain and it's just like there was too much slow-mo that's just what i have Mm -hmm. to say (laughs) Okay, let me let me tell everybody my sort of yeah. walkthrough of this film. So, I've watched the these other couple extended versions and like them fine. I haven't seen the original of the Justice League either. Um, so I wasn't necessarily super thrilled to watch this, especially because it was four hours. But when I put it on and it came up with like part one i was like oh this is perfect i'll just watch these parts as if it's a tv (laughs) show i was like i don't want to sit here and watch four hours i started watching it on thursday and i was like let me just kind of watch this like it's a mini series and so that's what i did so i didn't watch any of the two parts together i watched it like in six (laughs) different installments and honestly i enjoyed it a fair amount but i think that's because I'm I was only watching like 30 to 40 minutes of it at a time so it didn't get as draining where yeah. I feel like if I was approaching the 2 hour mark of sitting there and watching this slow mo I would have felt a lot more annoyed with it. Yeah. Also I think because I didn't watch the Aquaman movie I was experiencing the characters of Aquaman, the Flash and what's his name? Cyclops. Cyborg. Cyborg for the first time. And so, like you would have been if you had seen this movie in theaters, because those the movies featuring them hadn't come out yet. And so I did sort of like the slow setup of things, because you did feel like you were really introduced to these characters, and that this was the first film that they were in, where I think some of the Marvel movies, like people kind of just show up, and then they're Mm -hmm. just there, like even Mm -hmm. with... um, scarlet witch it's like you don't really get any backstory from her so in a way like i think that this would have worked better as a tv show or a mini series and i know that at one point they were talking about releasing the snyder cut that way instead of as a film because then everything does sort of make more sense and the pacing seems better and also all of the parts kind of end with cliffhangers so it, i felt mm. like it really worked for me as a mini series and I didn't necessarily hate the pacing. And then you really only get like one big slow motion scene per <laughs> yeah. episode, quote unquote. So it feels less uh, strange. Also, yeah. I think that the best scene of the movie is like in the first section. I think the best scene of the movie is the Amazon sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like watching that whole extended sequence early in the first episode, I was like, oh, this is like, good. like I'm yeah. entertained by this. I'm interested to see where this is going. And then, yeah, I thought things were like fun enough and interesting enough. And like, I knew that Superman was coming back. And I honestly just think that watching it in separate days gave me so much more patience for it. Where if yeah. I was getting to hour three and it's like, oh, re- now we got to fight Superman. Like, because he has amnesia, <laughs> like this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But when I only have to watch like 20 minutes of that and then I can go and, you know, meet a friend for coffee. I'm like, oh, great. Perfect. This is like, yeah. I can just squeeze these in, in between things and sort of really enjoy the whole experience. Yeah, no, I can see how that would help. I think um, it's just like burdened by, by, I don't know. I, like what came before doesn't matter necessarily because these two movies are very different. This isn't like Zack Snyder was like blinded by his own ego and is like, I would have done better, but then it's just like. Well, I don't even think you watched the jo- the Joss Whedon <laughs> one, and also none of the f- none of the sequences that Joss Whedon filmed filmed separately of Zack Snyder are in yeah. this. He was like, "I'm yeah. only using my own stuff." So, yeah. So this was much more like definitely there weren't as many dumb jokes, which is good, and you did have a lot more like characterization that was more centered on the the issue with the first movie, which the the like central tension the emotional backbone as it were was this sort of like fear from batman and and wonder woman that they didn't know how to lead because they didn't have like i remember very clearly being perturbed by wonder woman being like i don't know what to do because my like my love has died and ever since then i just don't know how to carry on and it's like home girl 
you're freaking goddess. Like literally, you don't have to like wait for some man to tell you what to do. And it, it became that was like Joss Whedon's idea is that Batman and Wonder Woman don't know how to lead a group. And so they decide to resurrect Superman because he's the better of them all. Whereas in this, it's much more, oh my gosh, we need some backup. Like <laughs> there's this, there's this creature and, and we need all hands on deck. So let's wake up Superman. And you don't have any of that nonsense with Batman or Wonder Woman being like, I'm so weak. Like, what do I do? And like, it's, it's slowed down enough that the characters are allowed to breathe and like exist without feeling like there's some forced narrative there, which I appreciated. Wonder Woman is very much like a chill badass in this. Like she's just (laughs) like, yeah, whatever. Like I'll show up, kick some people. Like, yes, it was a big win for me losing those butt shots because it really irritated me. And I don't know if he had filmed those originally and just heard the feedback and decided to cut those out, or if he had never intended to go up her skirt. But it was a it was a different experience than than Wonder Woman. Still, just as far as like. I mean, even the Amazons, like they were still in their bikinis and it was silly, but the Amazon sequence was the coolest. Wonder Woman was a lot better in this. So I am, I'm grateful to see that his vision was a little bit more human. It was a lot more about this father dynamic with Cyborg, which I still didn't like really care about. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, that was kind of my <laughs> and the villain was much more like, I don't know. It, I mean, in the Whedon version, you didn't have anything about what his name is, Darkseid. Yeah, <laughs> so, the like, the like yeah. <laughs> big bad, the big baddie, and Steppenwolf is like ultimately the <laughs> thing that I remembered is that the little bug creatures—they're like attracted to fear, and that's why they could find all these like loser superheroes like Batman and Wonder Woman because they're both so scared of leading, and. In, and in the end, Steppenwolf is killed because he gets scared of Superman. And so the, the bug creatures turn on him and devour him. And that doesn't happen at all in this. It's just like he's kind of trying to save face from in front of Darkseid. He's trying to like find retribution and, and like Superman earn his, just like be, kills him. Yeah, well, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, And then they behead him. It was pretty gnarly. I just think overall this movie was still bloated and it's still... I think if it had come out, Zack Snyder's version had come out, it would have gotten the same criticisms Batman versus Superman had. So I think ultimately he was saved by this whole series of events, like as far as the the reaction to his film was, because I don't think people would have been forgiving as forgiving with the the long runtime, even if this was more of a theatrical release, or the sort of broodingness of all these heroes, the lack of fun times. Like I think he was served well by the the time and the space to uh, have this come out as sort of a creative win for him. I think we would have had the same exact issue where the studio told them him to cut it down. Yeah. He did. It came out. It felt weird and rushed. Everybody hated it. They released a longer DVD version that people liked more. I think that that's exactly what would have happened had yeah. this had Joss Whedon not come into this because because snyder can't be helped he's also releasing a black and white version of this so oh of course Mm -hmm. so it'll be happening yeah Yeah. (laughs) i did i do feel like one of the strengths of these movies is at the dc movies is that the scores are really strong and they're very recognizable and i guess that that was changed in the original justice league they had a different score going on which i was like that feels like a stupid choice so i'm glad they brought (laughs) that back also the steppenwolf character's like art direction is completely different (laughs) and i thought he looked pretty cool in this and i saw pictures of the original i was like oh Oh, that was bad skinny dude with big hands yeah yeah i will say though that the cg in this movie did not look great i felt the really I felt like that there was a lot of stuff that looked kind of cheap. Maybe it's because I've seen so many Marvel movies or, mm. or I don't know what. But there was a lot of scenes where you could tell the whole thing was CG. Like there was no there was no person on a green screen. It was just like the whole thing was was yeah. computer generated. And there was just lots of moments that I felt like did not look realistic or looked kind of video gamey. <laughs> Like, like uh, when I was watching the Amazon 
sequence, which I did really like and was my favorite sequence in the movie. There's a lot of horses in that. And the thought that just kept coming back to my mind was the like Barbie horse game that we had (laughs) for our computer where it's like the horse and Barbie are, you know, kind of like riding. I was like, this obviously looks better, but there is sort of a, this is not a real horse. This is not a real human on a horse. Like obviously like the action just doesn't look right and I yeah. feel like that in recent years, I've seen movies that have had fake horses in them or like Game of Thrones, where it does not look as Call of Duty-ish to me. Yeah, I guess I can see that. I felt like it wasn't a distracting issue. Um, yeah, I didn't really notice that at all. I feel like the the bigger problem as far as like, you know, <laughs> technicalities is... Zack Snyder's obsession with like nerddom and so you got like all these weird references that if you're not in on it you didn't really appreciate or get or feel like it mattered. Oh yeah I had no idea what was going on in half of the like people yeah. would show up and leave it's like I think that's probably <laughs> yeah. something but I don't know. Yeah so I don't know if we should go over the ending a little bit especially since it leaves so many questions about what's to come. Yes, but first, can we just talk about the plot really quickly? Because oh, okay, yeah, sure. I have questions or thoughts on this. So yeah. basically, the plot is that there's these three like magic boxes hidden on boxes. Earth. One of them is with the Amazons. One of them is with the Aquaman people, and the other is, I guess, with men. And so, for yes. whatever reason, like Cyborg's dad has it. I don't know if that happened in they an earlier it. movie or they explained it in this movie, Matt. <laughs> Where did he get it? He um was it he in recognized Batman? No, the government found it. Oh wait, I can't remember this. Cent- it this. wasn't but it wasn't in Batman versus no, no, Superman. No. Okay. No. Okay. It was just that his father happened to find it and realized it matched like the alien tech on Yes. Su- I, on Superman and so then Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. 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 I I realized that. I remember that part, but I wasn't sure if it had been like mentioned or found or at some point in somebody right, right. else cuz um because you see, like, the Viking-type people, like, burying it in the ground right. at some point. And then I was like, did this get dug up? I'm not sure. Anyways, yeah, so... The groundwork was not laid, like, the Infinity yeah, Stones okay. for Marvel. Well, well that's what I was just... going to say. Yeah. <laughs> is that Steppenwolf is like, I have to get these three things. Yeah. And then I put them together. And basically, <laughs> that's, like, the end of the world or good guys yeah. or whatnot. And Steppenwolf slash Darkseid sort of looks like Thanos, I feel like, in yeah. some way. They're like these bald people with like big chins and this like Horcrux find the secret <laughs> object scavenger hunt uh, yeah. sort of like layout of the movie, which I do feel like lends itself to both this and the Avengers sequence because you can sort of set up these very distinct like action sequences. Yeah. But even within that, I was wondering like, were these two plot lines thought up at the same time? <laughs> Did, was one of them based on the other one? Was it just infor- unfortunate? Because they are very similar. I think the problem is comic books. You know, there's only okay. so much original content. Like, they're comic books. That's what these whole universes are based on. Are right. But I know books. that there's lots of Justice League comic. You know, it's like you have yeah. lots of plots to choose from. Right. And the fact that they chose these two the that are both box. like like evil alien looking for objects protected yeah. by superheroes <laughs> is like, okay. Yeah, it's true. I don't know anything about like what other options they have. I do know Snyder was trying to lay the groundwork for like where I think it would differentiate Uh from Marvel, which is that Darkseid does end up sort of winning, you know, and destroying the world and win one uh, parallel universe type thing. And so then they have to blah, 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 blah. So I feel like he was trying to, again, move DC into a darker place than Marvel will ever go. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's why he chose this storyline of all the storylines. But again, I can't really speak to what other options there were. My other question is like where, cause I watched the justice league cartoon show when I was younger and I was like, who are some of the, like, these are not the justice league that I was aware of. I was like, yeah. where's green lantern? Where's Hawk girl? <laughs> Uh, who the heck is Cyclops? Because he was not in the... I did not have uh, the McDonald's yeah. toy of him. 
yeah. Martian Manhunter did finally show up at the end. I was like, thank goodness. We're <laughs> finally getting the correct people in this film. Yeah. They wanted, he wanted it to be Jon Stewart. Are you familiar with that DC character? Because I am not. Oh, I I read that and I thought that he meant like that they wanted the, the actor John Stewart yeah. or whatever to play Martian Man. The Hunter. late night show host. Yes, yeah. yes. Which I was sort of like, I could see why they like, scrapped huh. that idea. Yeah. That doesn't really make sense to me. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. No, that's a different character. Oh, no, I have no idea who that character yeah, is. Yeah, me neither. Um, yeah, I feel like overall. I also read that he wanted Ryan Reynolds to be in it because yeah. he was Green Lantern in that movie with. Is it him and Blake Lively? Is that where they met? I don't know. Is Blake Lively in it? I've never seen it. I want to... Like, in my mind, that's the pairing. But now Maybe. I'm also wondering if, like, that's just because I know that they... They end up together. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking this up. Green um, Lantern. Yeah. And Blake Lively. Oh, She's the love cute. interest. Um. Yeah. No, I think... You, as a Swifty, studio... you should go back and watch this, uh, Shelby. <laughs> Do I need to? Um... I mean, I don't know. You're rewatching these movies 50 <laughs> times. If you're going to watch Kong Skull Island, you might as well watch Green Lantern. No, I don't think anyone in the universe would agree with that. Um, Kong Skull Island is a terrible that. movie. I did see that. So yeah, that is bad. But not as bad as, as Green Lantern. You don't know. And, across and the you board see that, accepted truth. Uh, you can see the chemistry. Okay, but though, I want to talk about of Inez's what, mother what Snyder envisioned and that he wasn't allowed to do. One, he wanted Batman to fall in love with Lois Lane and, um, oh, and hate be that. tortured over her undying love for Superman. And that's why oh, he's like struggling yeah, no, to that's decide a disaster. Not Thank goodness that Spider- got cut. Superman back. Mm-hmm. And um, he also um, sets up this the one scene he he shot originally for this that he had to go back and do reshoots was this sort of epilogue scene one of six billion that happens oh, yeah. at the tail end of this four-hour mm-hmm. movie and it's this it's a scene between um batman and <laughs> the joker as played by uh jared leto jared leto <laughs> So what was your vibe with that? Like, as you were watching it happen, were you engaged with this sort of weirdness? Um, Were you confused? So there had been sort of like, I guess, a couple of like weird vision scenes or like dream sequences throughout it that I really hadn't paid that much attention to because I was just like, okay, these are dreams, but they're like not going to happen. Then we get to, you know, like the epilogue of the show slash movie which is and, 30 minutes long yeah you get basically like everybody gets a concluding scene then we get the scene where lex luther escapes from prison so like i'm assuming setting yes. up a a new super movie or whatever and i was like okay yeah that tracks like i can follow there they're like he hires an assassin who i was like i don't know who this is but i'm sure he's going to be a villain in some future Death movie stroke. like great got it perfect yeah um and then, and then Martian Manhunter shows up, which I was like, okay, I'm, I know who this is. Like, I'm tracking this. And then, yeah, we get this weird, like, um, scorch trial, like, desert sequence <laughs> with Jared Leto and also the eye patch guy, and then also like girl Aquaman and batman and they're like wearing you know tunics and it's like a post like apocalyptic wasteland and i was like what the hell is going on here (laughs) and then batman wakes up and you're like okay was that was that just a dream like was that a whatever then i looked online and saw something about like different dimensions and i was like nope no thank you this is not for me like goodbye (laughs) i do not care (laughs) wait so did you turn it off no i didn't turn it off i mean i watched it (laughs) But I was like, yeah. I have no, I have no concept of what this is or how right. this is supposed to fit into anything. This just seems ludicrous to me. And at yes. that point, I was also like, I don't, like, I don't think that, I don't think I really need to pay too much attention to this because I don't think that whatever this is going to be setting up is going to happen. Yeah. Because I don't think Ben Affleck and Jared Leto and are going to be in some kind of future movie. Although, who knows? So, I don't know. Yeah, but Snyder said that. Do you have that... insight on the, into this weird scene? unfortunately yeah um i mean snyder explained the whole thing which also makes me feel like he doesn't have any plans to do a movie with following this with dc um because he just wanted to share his vision and he was like i I thought it was unfair to not have batman and joker have a moment together so that's why he decided to reshoot it and with the lois lane thing 
he was going to have Batman be in love with her. But then the storyline in the next movie would be Superman has to go and fight Dark Side. And he's like, hey, Batman, watch over Lois for me. Make sure she doesn't die. And Batman, because he is the lamest superhero, arguably, he fails and she dies. And that makes Superman lose his will to fight. And Dark Side takes over him and thus Superman becomes the villain again and they have to sort of fight both Darkseid and Superman gone bad and Batman struggling with his guilt over, over killing his I, love. I will say Batman had love. Batman had big uh, Black Widow energy in this movie of like <laughs> yeah. clearly the one thing is not like the other and you know everyone else is like actually fighting bad guys. Yes. He has like a grappling hook and like a handgun yeah. running around like barely managing to yeah. kill like the little bat people. <laughs> I will I say I I think I think Henry Cavill is so well cast. I think Lois Lane great. Wonder Woman I really do think she at least mm-hmm. you know does a great and job. Jason Momoa, and Jason Momoa I think is a good. Momoa. Yeah. Yeah, they're so strongly cast. And then you get Ben Affleck and I'm just like why is this a thing? And the fact that Ben Affleck even has imposter syndrome and he's like I'm out of here. Like I'm done with this. This is too much. It just is weird. And I remember in in Joss Whedon's version, they tried to make him a lot more funny, and he'd have like these one-liners about getting old and and you know being too you know old for this. And it was just like uh, this is trying working. to do like Fat Thor or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then in this, he's much more serious, but at least he's not as like I'm useless in the Whedon version. But it was all just like it just both versions. I was just like Batman is the dumbest character here like why is he in charge who put him in charge and he's always talking about like oh we need to save we need superman it's like you're the reason superman's dead like i don't want to hear from you bro you know <laughs> it's like no yeah. you didn't do your penance for this yet like i need you to acknowledge again that you were wrong for your part in that but he never does mm-hmm. and it's just kind of yeah hit, watching him interact with jared leto i was just like ben affleck i don't know the two worst cast people ever yeah (laughs) so i mean that's the justice league snyder cut um that was kind of my final feelings on it is i was just like this is too much and and the fact that he put that epilogue on even though there's no chance of it happening i was just like this just feels like too much too it was just sort of very confusing as to why it happened but it did i mean but it did make me think like would they make a second one of these because i do feel i mean the big bad goes away at the end and is like i'm gonna come back and wreak more havoc yeah so like the opening is there the thing with batman and ben affleck is like uh, batman's character is supposed to be like really rich and then he has all this equipment but obviously he has to be really fit because (laughs) he's he doesn't have any like powers and so to have like sort of a schlubby dad figure like ben affleck it just doesn't really make he got physically fit he did but like he still looks old you know (laughs) yeah yeah. like him standing next to henry cavill or jason momoa it's like oh okay like these are we got different things going on here yeah (laughs) but i mean michael keaton's the new batman so how do you feel about that well i feel like if they're casting michael keaton as the new batman then that must be a they must be doing some kind of different take on batman right because you can't cast like a 65 year old as batman (laughs) and say and have him be doing the same thing you know what i mean jones well, yeah, but the last Indiana Jones with Shia LaBeouf is all Indiana being like, I'm too old for this. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. that's the that's sort of the the bit in the movie is right. that Indiana Jones is old. I mean, if that's how what they're going to do with Batman, then that's great. But with this, that was not how it was presented. Yeah. So it was like okay. normal Batman, but just Ben Affleck. So given the reviews, given the feedback, do you mm-hmm. think we'll get a Snyderverse or that this is his his swan song? The thing that it comes down to for me, I think, is the actors. Hmm. I feel like, like, what else is he doing? I don't really know. I feel like he clearly cares a lot about this property. I think that he would do it if they offered him money to do it. But I don't know if Ben Affleck is going to come back, if Henry yeah. Cavill is going to come back, if Amy Adams is going to come back. Like, if you were to do another Justice League movie, obviously those people would have to have big roles in it. And I think they're all very successful. And scheduling is a huge question so like would they be able to do all of those shoots i don't know would they want to i'm not sure so 
I, I don't know. And I don't know like what they're contractually obligated to, if there's anything there at all. So I don't know. I kind of feel like we probably won't see anything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if we did. I also think, especially because the last Wonder Woman movie didn't do very well. Like, I just, I don't know where sort of like the What's appetite the for some of these things yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I don't think Snyder would want to work with them again. I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of bad blood there. So why would he? And like mm. that we got this new Suicide Squad, but with different people. Like, I don't know. There's so many. I have so many questions about yeah. this. The new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, which is like <laughs> a separate thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, now, later, or never. That's tricky. I mean, I would say never. I, I definitely wouldn't say later. That feels useless to me. I would <laughs> yeah. say either never or now. And I think if you want to watch it now, you should watch it in as a miniseries in parts and not as a film. I think you'll just find that more enjoyable. Yeah. What do you I, say? Never? I would say never, but I just mm-hmm. don't care enough about this universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I just realized I have no lightning run questions for this. Oh, okay. Do you have some? <laughs> I was just going to ask, so um, what movie would you want a four-hour director's cut of? Oh, that's a good question. I'm sure you're going to say Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> let me think about this. Like... I think that I would go like counterintuitive and say like give me a four hour long like pitch perfect or something <laughs> yeah. that's that's just gonna have like a lot of weird dance numbers, a yeah. lot of music. Like that <laughs> that's something I'd be more interested in. You're like, than... isn't it romantic, but make it a musical. <laughs> make it more of a musical than it already is yeah Yeah. (laughs) like that that's what that's where my mind would go rather than like let's take v for vendetta and add a lot of more action scenes to it or something see Um, i actually had a similar i didn't say jurassic park okay i thought i thought similarly to how they took joss whedon's more comedic light-hearted approach and just stripped that all away and gave you this slow-mo sad version dark r-rated version I thought it'd be fun, a unique challenge for, um, I don't know if you ever saw First Wives Club. Yes. Or (laughs) Diane Keaton and Goldie Hawn and Bette Midler. Yes. And I feel like if you took something like that, like a 90s, like a good time film, but then made it like this dark four hour, you know, monstrosity where they enact their revenge in dark ways. I feel like that could be interesting. That would be miserable. You know, like you have Goldie Hawn not only laying no. the groundwork to ruin no. her husband's life, but to destroy nope. him physically. No, that sounds terrible. I would, and then that... it ends in a dance sequence. Mm, yeah, but like, does it? Because then it doesn't. <laughs> it would be an extended dance I can't remember sequence. if we talked about this on the podcast or not, but I watched First Wives Club like early in the pandemic and was very disappointed because I thought it was going to be about wives of presidents who are friends together oh like in the gosh. White House or something. This and then it was like First read, Wives. This is why you read. Yeah, but, but isn't that a fun movie idea? Of like all of the ex like First Wives are sort of like get yes, together and are like, like gossipy. Old. But they're just like... Well, but maybe they wouldn't have to be old yeah. in a movie, you know? Yeah. I That is funny. I can't believe you didn't know anything about that movie. That's a movie I, mean, you I don't love have and to I've do, revisited so like, many times. Like, ha, like Michelle Obama is not that old. And if you had one of the wives sort of be like a, like a they, much younger like second be? wife... What are they doing? I don't know, but they, ha- or they have to do something with... They, they have to steal something. They have to... I don't know. <laughs> national treasure first wives club right exactly i don't know but i feel like there is un there's untapped potential in some kind of movie about Uh, the first wives of presidents you know what you're right why am i fighting this we talk enough about the presidents what are their wives doing that's a good question yeah and it feels like a perfect like feminist angle for you as well yeah. Like, we have so many movies about presidents. Why don't we have movies about their wives, huh? Yes. That's a good point. Okay. Thank you. you won me over. Thank you. First Wives Club, but make it presidential. And four hours long. Yeah. And, and not about long. slowly killing their husband. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Well, this is a long podcast <laughs> for a long movie, but I feel like we should cut it off. Yeah. Follow us on social media. Leave us a review. Wait, Anything so next else, week we're doing 
Are we doing Kong versus Godzilla? I don't think I think that comes out the following week. So I think oh, next okay. week we have uh we have a bit of a conundrum of what <gasps> to cover. There is a Netflix movie coming out with um Tiffany Haddish and Lil Rel, my oh beloved. Oh my gosh, no. But just already <laughs> no. But uh so if you can come up with something better, but otherwise I think we might be doing that. <laughs> I can come up with something better easily. A hundred percent. All or will. Okay. Thank you for the well, challenge. That's, that's the challenge. <laughs> that's the challenge. We'll see who wins. Tune in next week to see if I get to talk about Lil Rel or not. Okay. Well, thanks for listening and we'll be back next week. Bye.